Super dope. Welcome in. Happy Sunday. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there in the world. I hope everybody is doing well and spending some time, hopefully, uh, with with your mother this afternoon. Um... Haven't released a podcast episode in a minute. Um, I'm still very much going through all of the real life stuff of responsibilities or whatever and still trying to make these pods. So I apologize for not having something up in a bit. Uh, We are also a little busy launching an offshoot podcast, basically. It's going to be a a short run thing, but um, starting next Sunday, May 17th, uh, Play Demand Sundays will be starting on its own feed. Uh, We're getting the feed set up this week, so there will be more information to follow. I will update the show notes for this episode when all the appropriate links are ready. But uh, we got the first two episodes in the can, and we've been letting a few of our friends listen to them and uh, get some feedback on them and see what people think. So far, people seem to be enjoying them. It is a little bit of a a different uh, podcast than regular Dragon Ball Super Dope stuff is, uh, in that there is a little bit more editing time in it. Doing a lot of fun stuff with... uh, like music drops and uh, a lot of like written scripted recap stuff. Um, it's a good time. But I'm working with Brandon and Feds on this project primarily. We'll probably have a few other guests pop in uh, throughout. Maybe my buddy Kevin might be doing a few. See if I can talk Mike Norman to one or something. Um, but yeah, so far so good on those. So I figured since we got the first two in the can, why not give a sneak peek to you guys uh, this week uh, since we haven't put out an episode in a minute on this feed. Um, so this is going to be your sneak peek of Spider-Man Sundays. Um, we do have the first two episodes up on our Patreon right now. So if you do like this one, uh, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope, you can get episode two right now. And also, Brandon, Feds, and I have been doing like a watch-along through Zoom because we are still doing the social distancing, quarantine, not recording together stuff. So uh, every Friday night for the last few weeks, we've been getting together and watching an episode of Spider-Man on Zoom together. And you can see that watch along on the Patreon as well right now for the first two episodes. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to see what this series uh, becomes. Uh, it's, again, it's it's only a 41 episode series for this Spider-Man series, but I figure it warrants its own podcast uh, offshoot, mainly because it's a lot of episodes to, <laughs> to pop into this feed here. Um, so be on the lookout for those starting next Sunday, May 17th. And there will be a new episode every other Sunday for the foreseeable future. Um, do the math out. I think that's at least like a year and a half of content. Ooh, what am I signing up for? Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of Spider-Man Sundays. And again, if you want episode two and to see the watch-alongs that we've been doing, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. I hope you guys have a great Sunday, great Mother's Day. And uh, talk with you soon. Super Dope. Welcome in to the inaugural edition of Supaidaman Sundays. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. I am joined today by my friends, Josh. Josh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Kyle? A little weird that I called you Josh, but yeah, usually yeah, you call me. Yeah, it is weird. My bad. Uh, feds. Feds, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Kyle? Doing the Supaidaman in the middle of a quarantine, making a podcast about a Japanese property that lasted for Less than a year uh, in 1978. Ten months. Also joining us today is my brother, Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Hi, man. I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, 
interested to see this finally come to fruition, your dream come true, uh, and uh, the magic that is the Supita Man. Well, so, uh, the, the dream is a little bit of a strong word, I feel, but basically when I was about 11 years old, I went to a toy show, and I uh, was just getting into buying my own bootleg VHS. Uh, so like 1999, 2000, DVDs were starting to come into like more common practice. So bootleg VHS, bootleg uh, DVDs, whatever it was. And I bought, um, it was like a six episode VHS tape of a random six episode stretch of this Japanese Spider-Man show. And when I found it, I was just like, none of my friends are going to believe me that I have this thing because, you know, pre-sharing things uh, easily on the internet. But like, should my friends come say, over? This is the birth of internet. This is like just before like internet really takes off, like even with dial-up stuff. Right. Um, but um, before this stuff was easily accessible, I came into like a six-episode stretch of it at a a toy show in Fairhaven. Uh, Fairhaven, yeah, Fairhaven, Massachusetts, I believe. Wicked. And uh, I watched it, but uh, a couple of years back, I was at, I believe, Rhode Island Comic Con, and I found the entire series on DVD for like 40 bucks. And I said to myself, hey, that's a solid investment. One day, for sure, you're going to want to make a podcast about this crazy Japanese Spider Man with a uh, crazy giant robot and racing car and dirt bike. <laughs> you're going to want to make something out of this. So you better spend this $40. Um, lo and behold, though, the entire series is available on YouTube for free, entire episodes for free. So if you're trying to watch along with us in, in this series, this soup high demand series, all of it is for free on YouTube. So go pop it in there. S U P A I D A man, M A N S U P A I D A M A N. And episode one is what we're watching today. Um, this series is kind of an interesting part in the character's history, in my opinion, because 1978, from a historical perspective, um, comics definitely aren't what they are now in today's modern media. They aren't what they were in the late 80s, early 90s. The Secret Wars even happened yet? No, Secret Wars has not happened. Secret Wars, I believe, is 84 and 85. So, yeah, wow. no, no Secret Wars or anything. So, comic book characters are popular enough to start to get their own licensing things for like live action television shows, cartoons for sure. Spider-Man had his own, you know, American series. Uh, Bill Bixby's uh, uh, Incredible Hulk was going on at the same time. For whatever reason, in 1978, Marvel strikes up a deal with Toei, Toei Productions. Uh, Toei is off-talked about by me because they are the people who make Dragon Ball since 1986. So it's a company I followed uh, quite a bit in the last few years making uh, Dragon Ball Super Dope as a podcast. So having that connection here with this Japanese Spider-Man show is kind of just like another interesting foil to uh, my own relationship with Toei. But for whatever reason, they strike up this deal with Toei in 1978. Marvel does to license out several of their characters to them. And they can basically do with them whatever they want. So in 1978, Marvel strikes this deal with Toei to be able to bring over, you know, one of their most popular, recognizable characters in Spider-Man. And originally, the idea for Toei was they were going to use him as a support character to another 
brand new character, another brand new show, and have Spider-Man basically be this new character's friend. This new character was going to have um, a, a robot, I guess, a spaceship, uh, I assume a race car, and a dirt bike for sure. Uh, all the cool things that you could have wanted in your television show in 1978. So... With that said, as they're trying to like figure out how Spider-Man fits into the formula so they can make like the best use of the licensing, they just kind of throw their hands up and say, "You know what? Never mind. Let's just have Spider-Man be the guy. He doesn't he doesn't need to be the friend. He doesn't need to have a friend. It's just Spider-Man now. He's going to be the dude." Yeah, he's the dude. So they go forward with this Japanese Spider-Man show. So 1978 is about to get their own Japanese version of Spider-Man from, uh, you know, very loose-based things here in the in uh, in America, from what we know from the comics and all the uh, source material. What the fuck else is going on in 1978 that could possibly influence the route that this Japanese Spider-Man chooses to go? Brandon. You, my friend, uh, Brandon is a bit of a history buff in a lot of different ways, uh, both from a historical perspective, but also from a nerdy perspective in a lot of ways. So when it comes to um, kaiju stuff specifically, Brandon, I call him, you know, Doc Godzilla. If you haven't heard any of our Godzilla podcasts on the Dragon Ball Super Dope feed, I suggest you go check those out. But from a history perspective, Brandon, help me understand 1978 because I was not born. Help me. So in Japan... You know, just related to this show, you have setups going back as far as uh, 1966 with Ultraman. Uh, you have Go Green Man. You have Zone Fighter, which Godzilla himself makes uh, a cameo. And the reason I bring it all up is because you're starting to see kind of weekly monsters created by aliens or whatnot that, you know, wreck a city and then a normal character of human size, you know, turns into this superhero that saves the day. So the concept of creating a superhero that grows to fight monsters isn't new, but it's, you know, very popular up until this point already. Um, outside you have, you know, Vietnam ending the year before you have Britain in recession still. Um, so a lot of dark things, a lot, you know, a lot of Japanese shows, for example, kind of incorporate, pollution as a negative thing. So it's kind of dark times. But from like more of a historical perspective from America's standards, uh, who's the president in 78? Is it Jimmy Carter? Uh, I believe it's Carter by then, yeah. So we're probably in the midst of, if not just over the gas crisis, things probably aren't looking super well from things from a economical perspective in the country. Um, but at the same yeah, time, though, it, like... It starts to get rough. But in the but at the same time, like as as weird as some of the late seventies looks from like a political or an economical perspective, some of the most um, engaging or like uh, properties, like the most longevity, whatever you want to say, come out of like the seventies, but specifically like the mid to last half. And nineteen seventy seven is the is the year that has been burned in my brain since I was four or five years old. In that seventy seven is the year that Star Wars comes out. So we're a year removed from Star Wars. We're about a year and a half, two years away from uh, Empire Strikes Back coming out. From a pop culture kind of perspective, Feds, what do you have in, in like American pop culture at that point in time? It's, a, it's Star Wars fever, right? 
Yeah, Star Wars Fever, man. I mean, that's when the holiday special came out. So, like, there was that that almost ruined it. Have you ever watched the holiday <laughs> right. special, guys? Yeah. I've seen most of it, yeah. I think we've definitely watched chunks of it for Dragon Ball Super Dope. Feds, have you watched yeah. it at all? Yeah. Not, not like, the full thing, but, like, bits and pieces. Yeah. We it's... watched at least one of the songs. It's very yeah. uncomfortable. Uh, that uh, it's not Dionne Warwick, but it's it's like some R and B singer woman who talks like the elder Wookiee through like a VR sex machine experience. Like it's yeah, it's it's fucking rough stuff. But so seventy eight has the Star Wars special. But like we've talked about on again on Super Dope, uh, that Star Wars special is a little bit of a super unique thing in Star Wars history because mm-hmm. it only has the benefit of the first movie. The only the only other thing I think that had come out at that point in time and it was quickly disregarded in terms of the Star Wars canon was Alan Dean Foster's Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Wherein and I think you had the comics too, didn't you? Yeah, those are, I think Marvel made them early on. Uh, Marvel Comics, yeah. Before Dark Horse took it over in like the early 90s or whatever. But Star Wars yeah. was very much all the rage. I mean, you could probably make the argument that Star Wars was very much more at the forefront of everything in terms of pop culture, way more so than than like comic book characters or Marvel characters specifically, whatever. But for whatever reason, Stanley, Marvel, they decided it's the time to uh, license out a few different characters for uh, localization in terms of, of the Japanese world. But when I tell my friends that there's a Japanese Spider-Man, that what they think is, is very much just on the surface, like Japanese Peter Parker, he's probably yeah. got a camera. He probably got bit by a radioactive spider. He's probably got a <laughs> Japanese Aunt May. And he probably has a Japanese J. Jonah Jameson. There were so many J's in that fucking sentence. Holy God. He's probably got a Japanese J. Jonah Jameson. A J, a quadruple J. If you gave somebody a test with those questions, I think they'd fail pretty hard. I feel like I just made it through somehow, miraculously. Um, but no, that's that's not how this show is set up. It's very much just like, here is the, the image of the character Spider-Man, and... Uh, that's all you get, or you know, work something out from there. You do get one bonus. You get to see Spider-Man using a zipper. Spider-Man. Yeah, when Spider-Man does bust out the suit from his uh his watch, his very convenient watch that contains his outfit, it is uh very evident of the zipper that he's got. I assume going up the back, but uh. How did he reach it? None of that Uncle Ben, Aunt May shit. We didn't get bit by a spider. Let me read you the plot from the Wikipedia page here. So, the time of revenge has come. Beat down, Iron Cross group. That's the name of this first episode. So, young motorcycle racer Takuya Yamashiro sees a UFO falling to Earth. In fact, a space warship named the Marveler. Takuya's father, Dr. Hiroshi Yamashiro. A space archaeologist. A space Space archaeologist. Oh, shit. This is going to be tough. I'm like only in the second sentence. (laughs) Takuya's father, Dr. Hiroshi Yamashiro, a space archaeologist, investigates the case but is killed upon finding the spaceship. The incident also attracts the attention of Professor Monster, 
and his evil Iron Cross army, an alien group that plans to rule. That's right, you guessed it. The universe. Takuya follows his father to the Marveler and discovers Garia, the last surviving warrior of Planet Spider, a world that was destroyed by Professor Monster and the Iron Cross Army. Garia explains that he was hunting Professor Monster but now needs someone to carry on the fight and he injects Takuya with some of his own blood. The blood of a person from Planet Spider gives Takuya spider-like powers. Garia then gives Takuya a bracelet that can activate his spider protector costume. That's what we just referred to with the zipper and stuff. Uh, his spider protector costume shoot web lines and control the marveler ship which can also transform into a giant battle robot called leopardon change leopardon now time out yep i just want to inform listeners that all of this is action-packed into 24 minutes including the opening intro and the outro like i get the opening song i meet the fucking villains from a faraway land i get to see somebody's dad die i get to see a japanese motocross guy <laughs> jump on the scene and inherit some blood from his dad like this show really does give you all you need in the first you know 22 and a half minutes and for the climax using his powers Takuya fights <laughs> Professor Monster's army and other threats to Earth under the name of Spider-Man. Spider so that's just like the general plot. That's kind of how it rounds out. But it aired on May 17th, 1978. So if Man is going to launch, I feel like maybe we should make it an anniversary-based thing. May 17th is going to be a... Sunday. Oh my God. Spider Man Sunday, May 7th. Wow. It's fate. Never mind. We just sealed like the deal. Anniversary. It's meant to be. Yeah. You're probably <laughs> hearing this on, I mean, unless you're hearing it on the Super Dope feed early, it's like a, this is basically a pilot episode, but I'll, I'll rework it for Spider Man 17th. So, it's a weird fucking time in the world in general. Never mind the time for Japanese companies to try to adapt an American superhero. Brandon, give me some initial uh, impressions on, on this first episode of Spider-Man for you. I mean, it was action packed. Like I just said, you know, that was 22 minutes of like, just, you know, information coming at you. They, they accomplished more than an entire Marvel movie does in like two and a half hours with information they they slapped it all in one episode and to be fair too i don't think that the pace is going to be like that throughout i have watched a few of these episodes since having repurchased the dvds this first episode is just trying to give you everything all at once so that way in episode two it can just be like a normal oh, spider-man yeah. episode so when we get together for spider-man oh, sunday next does. week it'll be a, a lot less to consume on your end but um it's like when you go on Netflix and they say, oh, we'll give it a whole season, you know, to see if you like it or not. Man, you got 22 minutes to figure everything out. There's there's action pack. That's a really nice way to put it. Feds, how'd you feel about this one, man? I loved it, man. I mean, 
like Brandon said, it was action packed. It gave me a lot of those old, like watching TV as a little kid kind of vibes because it looked very similar to like Power Rangers and stuff like that. So I and really enjoyed you get, it. You get a couple stock, uh, stock music pieces that later show oh, up yeah. in Dragon Ball. Well, what I like about having Brandon on this show is that so much of what this show is about from a, uh, you know, a Japanese television perspective is in terms of the history here. So I think it was 1974 or 1975. Uh, I should have really looked it up and taken a note down on this, but I'm kind of a bum. So I believe it's 1975. The Super Sentai series starts in Japan and Super Sentai is basically the predecessor to the Power Ranger series that we eventually get here in the mid-90s in America. Um, so 1975, I believe that happens. Toei Production Company is making those. 75, 76, 77, so three seasons worth of it. 1978, they signed this licensing deal with Marvel, and at that point they say, you know what, we're going to take a year off from Super Sentai, and we're just going to make this... Uh, what they believed to be at the time, this show featuring Spider-Man, like Spider-Man and his friend or whatever. And then it just became the Spider-Man show. So one thing that was suggested to kind of make it bigger and better, uh, bringing it over for the Japanese style, was the inclusion of a giant robot in Leopardon. So they worked it in. They have the Marvel the Marveler spaceship uh, that connects to Leopardon. They transform, and then the Leopardon has the the cross arc thing that it throws from its head, and then it gets the the sword out and you know just kind of finishes it all in one fell swoop. But the sword of vigor, the sword of vigor. Uh, in, what does he say? Something like, "I'm I'm from and, hell and the emissary of hell." I'm the emissary of hell. But in 1979, this show wraps up because Spider Man's only you know 41 episodes, I believe. 1979, they say, all right, Spider-Man's done. The license is lapsed. We're going to go back to Super Sentai, this Power Ranger series. But what we did last year with this giant robot and Spider-Man was uh, pretty fucking popular. So we better give the Power Rangers a uh, giant robot because otherwise we're just, we're just kind of fucking off here. That wouldn't be too cool. So Spider-Man is really responsible for the inclusion of things like the Megazord that we got to know in those early 90s Power Rangers things, uh, which were just localizations of, you know, later seasons of Super Sentai and Ju Ranger, I believe is the, the name of those seasons in Japan. But. It's just weird to think about that. The Megazord, like even when you watch the Leopardon transformation happen at the end of this first episode, change Leopardon. And if you want to go ahead and watch along with us and and kind of have like that, you know, a little commentary track, go check it out. Patreon.com/slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. You can get the video and kind of see our reactions to it as we're commenting along. But when you see him jump into that first, I mean, at first it's like a spaceship, and then it like connects to the giant robot. And it just takes like such a huge step away from everything that you would have expected uh, Spider-Man to be. Um, it's it's so fucking strange to have uh, the giant robot be the thing to be the biggest differentiator in that first episode. But not only is it one of the biggest differentiators, but it also ends up being like the trademark of the series, as we'll come to learn. Also, too, you know, you literally have the direct parallel of the same cockpit used by the Megazord and them doing like 
their little arm swings to like engage the the machine. Yeah, they're like posing up, like ready, Megazord. Yeah. Dan, 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 like dan, he did the dan. same thing in the same exact kind of cockpit view. So, the one of the reasons that I kind of wanted to make sure that we did these episodes, at least, and this is very much just like a little experiment today for the Super Dope feed. Maybe on May seventeenth, this is its own thing. We shall see, but. Allegedly, um, the Into the Spider Verse uh, sequel. Have I have both of you guys seen Into the Spider Verse or what? Absolutely, I have not. No. Well, Fez, you're missing out on literally one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. Yeah, I know. I've heard, I've um, heard. it was good. But there are uh, several different, you know, iterations of Spider Man, Spider Men, Spider Man, Spider People, who are cast members in that movie. And for Into the Spider Verse two, it is heavily rumored that. This Japanese version of Spider-Man from this series will be one of the main uh, protagonists in the main group. So before he blows up and becomes one of the biggest things on the internet with Leopard on and the uh, sword vigor and the arc reactor, whatever the fuck it is that he does, um, I feel like maybe us nerds should have one last uh, go at exploring the episode two episode plots. Um I mean, it's not like hard to tell what's going to happen at each of them. It, they basically get blown up by the same sword every time. But I <laughs> feel like we're going to have a good time now that we've gotten through this first like intro episode where we've just we've described all this alien fucking transmission power bullshit. And it's going to be more about, say, um, like the villains or the ridiculous plot or whatever. Like we're going to have more fun with it going forward. Is there anything? that you might be looking forward to in this series, Brandon, now that you've seen the first episode and see how ridiculous it can be? Um, certainly everything's out the window as it's no resemblance to the Marvel Spider-Man. So I'd say just, you know, kind of more parallels to what becomes the Power Rangers and kind of... the same boat with that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a, a good template beforehand. Um... So it'll be interesting to see, you know, even just the special effects and how they they change over time. Well, that's another thing uh, that I wanted to point out, too. I think I kind of glossed over it before was having you in here, having this be a show that's a little bit of an offshoot or a little bit of derivative, at least in some ideas of Ultraman, which is derivative or an offshoot of Godzilla, like. You're the guy yep. that I'd want to have weighing in on these types of things from a production standpoint. Sure. But were you big into the old Power Rangers when you were a kid? Yeah, I would say, you know, certainly I went to the movie and I was big into the toys and the show. Um, I had already been into Godzilla by then. So that was kind of an added bonus to see, you know, monster fights. Um Kind of more recently, little did I know that the Power Rangers were in no way uh, an American idea. You know, I thought that it was an American-made show, but I didn't really know any better at the time. Same. And that's, that is kind of one of the things that, um, like, learning, like, how Power Rangers was, like, localized for an American audience when yeah. uh, I was a little bit older or whatever was was really genuinely fascinating to me. But it also kind of ties into the idea of why this Japanese Spider-Man show is fascinating to me. It's like 
seeing a popular American superhero that I've known for or been familiar with for as long as my memory can fucking stretch back to, um, seeing like what the take is in a in a very different country at a very different point in time in history, and I get that a part of it is. He's just like kind of a product of the time and like a product of the medium and like they have to have these, you know, giant robot. Like he he kind of sets the trend on the giant robot thing. To be fair, but I don't know. I just feel like so much of it was like uh, these are the things that we know worked in Japan. How do we apply Spider Man to that formula and make it work? And uh, we're gonna be exploring a lot of that over the next forty episodes or so of this series for Spider Man Sundays. Um, Feds, do you have any kind of hopes or aspirations for this series as we uh, round out this first episode? I mean, most of my hopes kind of mirror Brandon's a lot, like with the whole Power Rangers thing. I'm I'm really looking forward to like to seeing all the different kinds of monsters that Professor Monster throws at us. Honestly, I mean, we know in Power Rangers we had a bunch of different ones, and maybe another Zord would be cool. Like another Spider-Man Zord? Yeah. Like not just Leopardum, but maybe something different. So I don't think that's going to happen. I, I feel like this is worth pointing out because we're on the Leopardon piece. Change Leopardon! Have either of you guys seen the movie Ready Player One? I have, yes. Outside of the Mechagodzilla scene, no. So there is a giant robot uh, in the cast of characters in that movie. Do you know which? I think it's the Iron Giant in the film. Am I right in yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. In the book version, it's not the Iron Giant. Do you know who it is? It's Leopardon, it's isn't it? It's fucking Leopardon. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it like that was like one of the first um, acknowledgments of this thing, and you know, modern day storytelling, whatever. Like, was Ready Player One bringing it into that major piece of Wicked. the story? But mm-hmm. Marvel Comics a few years ago, they did like some kind of time traveling event, as they always do with a billion different properties. But Leopard on and this Japanese Spider-Man uh, Takuya uh, popped in for a quick little story arc. So. Um, and they posted all the episodes at one point on their website. All the episodes that we're going to be talking about for this series are available on YouTube. Again, just put in Man episode, whatever number we're on. Uh, that's S-U-P-A-I-D-A-M-A-N. Supaidaman. Uh, episode whatever. And it's it's there in full. No advertisements. Uh, no, like, chunked out episode pieces. So you can watch along with us for free. Um, but if you want to see our uh, commentary riff track pieces for it, make sure you go check out patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. You can check that out. Watch along with us. Um, I think that's going to do it for this first episode of Supitaman Sundays because, you know, he is the emissary from hell. So the last thing I want to do is <laughs> monopolize his time. I feel like that would be foolish. I mean, aren't we all going to hell anyways? I mean, given the current day hell landscape of America. Good point, Feds. Good point. Fight him, man.